it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, folks. Well, I just wanted to give you a short heads up. Uh, the audio quality of this podcast today, unfortunately, is not of the highest. We had a little bit of technical difficulties when we were recording. That's code for I moved to a new place and the internet that I had was not up to snuff. So there's a little bit of distortion here or there, but I just wanted to give you a heads up on that when you're listening to the recording. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, so welcome to Investing for Beginners Podcast. This is episode 149. Tonight, Andrew and I have been talking and we thought we would do a little basics of the economy. So we haven't really taught, we've touched a little bit on economics in the past, and we thought maybe this would be a good time considering everything that's going on with the economy and the world, that there's going to be some news of different things happening over the next six months to a year plus that the talking heads on the news will talk about things and it might upset people a little bit. And so we thought maybe we could spend a little bit of time and talk about some of those issues and some of the things that are going on and help clear things up a little bit so that when you come across things, you it helps ease your mind a little bit. So Andrew, why don't you go ahead and kind of start us off and we can chat a little bit about this. Yeah, sure. I think it's very important to kind of 
understand the economy in the right context. Obviously, as investors, we are a big part of the economy, and what the economy what the economy does is going to affect the businesses we own, the businesses in our portfolios, and how they perform. And so, I think it's very easy as an investor to get caught in our little sliver of, well, I have this business, I have that business, and then you kind of take what you hear on the news take what you hear, what you see from the different publications and, and you get little snippets from it and that's great. But if you don't understand the big picture and you don't zoom out and, and try to get a, a grasp of that, I think sometimes looking at that can actually be more harmful than helpful. So as an example it's very easy for us to look. So if you've listened to our podcast at all, you know that I am very, very big on learning from the past and trying to understand that things move in cycles and things that happened in the past tend to happen again, uh, sometimes in a different form. So history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it tends to rhyme. And so it's very easy for investors to make really simplified ideas and make big investment decisions out of those. And those don't always turn out in the best way. So as an example, let's take the housing boom and and bust as an example. So back in the mid 2000s, the context uh, up to that point was that housing always goes up because that was what every investor and person who was a homeowner knew at the time that was the reality. Um, As we found out later, that's not the case and the housing market can crash. And so what I see with investors doing now with the whole COVID situation, the economic uncertainties um, all brewing around that is they're taking lessons from that bust and trying to directly apply it to today. and some making decisions or predictions or projections based on what happened then, well, that's got to happen now. And that's just not really the case. And I'm hoping that our episode today will, will give some context into why it's not, it's not that simple. I mean, it, maybe at first it might sound kind of discouraging because it's, it's really nice to have a, a general simple idea that uh, you can apply and, and it's like, okay, well, I don't have to think about that anymore. That's nice. But that's not always the case. We live in a changing world. And I think seeing what, what's happened with the coronavirus and how that's completely changed the way that everybody behaves and all of our daily habits, our daily routines, it's just been absolutely life-changing. And we're starting to see it now with some of the economic data. Obviously, the unemployment claims was the first to really explode. Um, now, as of today, when we're recording this, we had some really, really bad manufacturing data. And so that's just going to continue. And we really need to, as investors, understand that this is a completely different reality right now. Um, all we know as we record this, we're still in a mandatory lockdown. and 
you know, obviously a lot of businesses are struggling from that and we just don't know when that's going to end and we don't know how long that's going to take, if it's going to be an instant rebound or if it's going to be slow and drawn out over time. And so there are a lot of implications behind that. And my big fear is for an investor who's starting out to maybe not recognize the perils behind that. Because this is truly, I mean, I've been in the market since 2012 and obviously I haven't seen anything like this. But you have investors like Warren Buffett, who's been in the market since 1965, and he's saying he's never seen anything like this. And so what we need to understand, whether you're a beginner or somebody who's had some success, is that you can't just take... At this point in time, because the environment has changed so much, you can't just take financial data that happened in the past, extrapolate that into the future and feel good about your investments. I would say, you know, Dave, we were talking about this off the air a little bit. I would say in like 95 to 99% of the time of an investment, typical investment environment, you're generally okay to look at last year's data. And, you know, not just last year's, maybe the past three years, five years, different time periods in the past, depending on which metrics you're looking at. But in general, you know, taking some group of those numbers and and it's reasonable to say that next year, you know, we should see something similar. Maybe, maybe there's going to be a dip, you know, maybe there's there's some headwinds as they call it in the industry. Maybe there's some difficulties ahead for the business and that's maybe why it's trading so cheaply. But in general, you know, it's it's not like what we see today where you have businesses that are losing 25, 50%, 75%, 90% of their demand just instantly vanished. And that's going to have huge, huge implications. And so not only does it, you know, I think it's easy for investors to think about the the obvious ones, travel, hospitality, restaurants, food service. Um, I'm, you know, there's a, there's a ton others that I'm missing that are directly affected, but we also need to understand that this trickles down and, and it, it it turns into this butterfly effect and it really spreads out and really touches everything all around us in one way or the other. And so, you know, I don't think it's necessarily the most critical thing to do, but I think. I think it's very beneficial as an investor if you have a understanding and a basic grasp on how all of the different crazy events that are happening around us could potentially affect the economy and at least understand why certain things happen uh, as a result of other things. Once you start to understand that flow through and the fact that some of these things do happen in logical sequence I think that brings a lot of comfort. I think it makes it easier to invest and obviously provides a lot of windows of opportunity for uh, great investment ideas. I think obviously this is the very best time, Dave, we've talked about. This is the time that value investors will make their money, um, but it's not going to be, in my opinion, it's not going to be the investors who are blindly following formulas right now. It's going to be the ones who can intelligently make the right judgment calls, still look for stocks that are undervalued, but look for them that have the greatest potential based on what's going on in the economy. 
I would agree. And I, I think that that's a, a great point. And I, I've really enjoyed, you know, you and I have talked about this over the last few days about some of the continuity of how different things are interconnected and the impact that they can have. And it's not just about looking at the numbers and seeing that a company has a three PE right now when they normally run a 22 PE and thinking, you know, that's how incredibly undervalued that is. And yeah, it may be, but then it's also on the same token with that. There is the fact that it's also because it's a three PE because they haven't been able to sell anything to anybody for the last five, six, seven weeks and, you know, depending on where you are in the country, that could go longer. And that has an, a direct impact. And we have seen some of that just with the early signs of the earnings releases that have been done recently. And as we get farther into the earnings season for the first quarter, that will be somewhat telling. But the second quarter of the earnings is going to be the complete unveiling of how impactful a lot of this has been. And remarkably, the market has still gone up a little bit over the last, not this week, but the weeks before on a lot of bad news. And I think there is, I saw a, a, a feed on Twitter just recently where they were talking about whether this is the bottom or not. And I kind of, in, I think I'm in the camp of a lot of those guys. I don't think that was the bottom and I think we're going to see more and I think it's going to go lower. And I think that there's going to be more impact because eventually some of these things that we're talking about, they just can't be ignored. And when Disney is shutting down their parks for months at a time, that is going to have an impact on other lines of the business and other parts of business that are interrelated with that. And it's not just about the employees that are being let go, which is a horrible thing. And those poor people having to worry about all the things that everybody else is going through. And then you also have the suppliers that are supplying Disneyland with all their belongings, whether it's clothing wear, whether it's the toys that they play with, whether it's the, the the maintenance of the equipment, whether it's the food that is sold there, the hotels that are on the, the properties. I mean, there's just so many other aspects of this. And I think that's probably where you and I should probably start talking a little bit about some of this. So I know you had some great ideas uh, of some things we were talking about. So why don't you kind of take it from there? Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. 
Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Uh, I don't know about great ideas, but I could <laughs> continue what you were talking about. You know, you mentioned Disney, and I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about the documentary I've been watching I want to mention it again. I mean, maybe for selfish interest too, since I'm a Disney shareholder. Uh, you can watch it on the Disney Plus app. It's under the Nat Geo uh, version. It's narrated by Will Smith. I think it's really fascinating. They call it One Strange Rock. And in it, they're really describing how everything on Earth is so interconnected and what happens in one place can affect something completely across the globe. So you'll have sandstorms in the Middle East and those will get sh- the, those sand particles will get shot up into the atmosphere, move through the clouds, drop down into the Amazon River in South America and be used as fertilizer. And then from there you have uh, precipitation that comes up. It gets shot up through the Amazon River that's not the river on the ground but the river in the clouds. Then it goes through, hits, I think it's the Andes Mountains. And then as that water breaks through the rock, it releases minerals into the stream and then that goes out. And it's just so fascinating to see how everything really feeds on each other. And so I think when we look at the economy, we need to understand that it happens in a very similar, if almost exact, uh, similar way. There are these things that directly affect other things. And so so sometimes you might have, uh, as an example, the interest rates that went down to zero. Uh, we've had super low interest rates in the past. And um, I think a lot of people think about, uh, again, going back to what I was talking about with the mortgage crisis, the housing crisis, there was this idea in the past that 
because we had low interest rates then and declining interest rates then, people look at the environment now and they say that, well, you know, housing demand's going to dry up just like it did back then. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that's 100% true. I think it totally, you know, it's, it's definitely possible. I think obviously COVID has a direct impact on housing demand. But to look at the interest rate environment and just say, in this silo, uh, low interest rates or falling interest rates mean that we're going to have a housing collapse because it happened 10 years ago, it's going to happen today. I just, I don't think that's the case. You know, you could have a hurricane on one side of the globe and it causes a tsunami on the other side, but then the next time there's a hurricane, there could be no tsunami. And so while everything's interconnected in the the economy, everything's also ever evolving. And so I guess to hammer my point from earlier, just because something happened a certain way in the past, doesn't mean it's going to happen exactly that way in the future. So if we can get ahead of the curve by understanding what's changed, that's the key, I think, is that it's it's constantly evolving, constantly changing, just like the earth is. So if, if we can do some logical, critical thinking on what's different in the environment today, um, that can really help understand where the money is flowing and what parts of the economy might boom uh, versus others compared to where it's been in the past. So the example that I found fascinating today is that we have different commodities and um, commodities are, for somebody who's completely unaware of the commodity market, you have the things that are just every, they're used for everyday things, corn, soybeans, wheat, um, obviously oil has been a super hot topic lately. All of these things, I think we presented a good intro in the archives. We talked about intro the commodities. All of these things really have a huge impact on the economy and we don't necessarily realize it all of the time. One thing that's been interesting lately, which I'm going to be looking deeper into in the days that follow is, you know, tell me if you think this is a coincidence. Okay. We have India suddenly has a liquidity crisis and um, one of the stocks I own they have their funds who were invested in um, corporate bonds in India, and they've had to close my my stock that owns these funds has had to close five of their funds that have a lot of capital in India because of this lack of liquidity. Now, at the same time, you have rice. the the, the rice The commodity of rice has shot up. Um, it's been the hottest commodity. I don't know compared to gold, but uh, definitely compared to all the other commodities, it's had the hottest rise in the past uh, six months, if not more. So you know how much is that people panic buying their rice at the grocery stores. But at the same time, the biggest exporter of rice is India. Now, if we can take that one step further, and what I find most interesting is that India is also their second biggest export is sugar. So if they're having problems, and I I don't know if this is true or not, like I said, this is just one example of something that's happening around us that could make for an interesting investment opportunity in one place or the other. If uh, India is having a problem exporting their um, 
rice, then are they going to have a problem exporting their sugar? And what's that going to do to the price of sugar? Hard to say, but I think if you start digging, you'll find you'll find more and more answers, and it could lead to some interesting developments that can help you kind of think about uh, where some other opportunities might be. Hey, you! What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. I think that's fascinating. So. Would the sugar then affect somebody like Coca-Cola or Pepsi? Yeah. Uh, you know, anybody who uses sugar, so then you start to think, does that start to erode their competitive advantage compared to other non-sugar alternatives, right? right. Because now if it's a lot more expensive for them to manufacture, either their margins have to compress or they're going to have to raise prices. If they raise prices, how many people are going to switch because they're like, I don't want to pay that much for a soda. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, to me, that's what's fascinating about this. And, uh, you, you have to think beyond just the normal functions of the business and what's going on with the company. You kind of have to think along the, I guess, supply chain of what it is that they buy. Uh, I guess it really showcases reading the risk section of the 10 Ks can be beneficial during this period because it can give you a insight into what different aspects of the business are affected by other aspects of the economy around you. Have you seen what's happened with the the prices of eggs? I I don't know if that's a local thing to me, but um, egg prices around here have shot through the roof, just like at the grocery store. Yeah, I did. I did notice that. Yeah. I did notice that the last time I bought eggs a couple of weeks ago, I thought, wow, they're really expensive. Why are they so expensive? That was odd. It caught me off guard. Uh, we were talking about beef earlier. I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about the impact that it's having on the beef industry with all the restaurants being closed. I mean, you think about like, I, you know, my comment was, Hamburger, I think people are still going to buy hamburger because they use it for so many other things besides just a hamburger. But something like chicken wings, those are more restaurant specific. Uh, I don't know a lot of people that cook chicken wings at home. Maybe they do. I, I personally don't. But there are probably a lot of people that do. But I'm sure the vast majority of them are purchased through a restaurant. And now that's dried up. And think about the steaks, you know, the high-end steaks. I mean, the restaurant that I work used to work at, the people that we bought steak from was a supplier for people like Ruth Chris and Morton's. And those are huge steakhouses that, you know, used a lot of steak through the country. So with those restaurants being closed, now that backs into the beef industry and how that affects the farmers that produce beef cows and everything that goes along with that. And that backs into grain and the feed that they give the cattle, uh, you know, there's just, there's so many different chains that you have to kind of think about with, with what's going on right now. And I don't want to like overwhelm people and, and start to act like you have to have some crazy knowledge about every little aspect of the economy. But I think it's just, it's helpful to think about some of these things and you just think about supply and demand. And really when you think about economics, I think at the end of the day, it really comes to that. 
So if we look at some of Warren Buffett's best investments, um, Coca-Cola, Gillette, you know, what was, what, what are uh, some of the commonalities between both of those companies? Well, those were both very high in demand brands. And so when you're, when you're a brand that um, has that kind of demand power, you can raise your price and demand will still be there because you're not subject to being um, the lowest cost. People aren't buying Coca-Cola because it's the cheapest soda. Uh, they were buying it because they were huge fans of it. And so that's a huge reason why they've had success. When you start to get into commodity-type investments, then you really need to think about those type of things. So really, um, supply of the supply of what's in the market and then um, supply within a individual company itself and then the demand. I think I think um, in a lot of cases, the demand thinking about demand is more important than thinking about supply for uh, a large majority of like let's say the companies in the s and p five hundred restaurants I would stay away from restaurants with every 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 inch of me would just stay away as far as I could it's uh, we, we i mean you, you were saying how uh you know the, the social distancing is likely to continue uh whether that's on an airplane in a restaurant you know six feet six feet six feet and yes. i can't even imagine you know what the ramifications of all of this are going to be if we do have a second wave like like some experts are are predicting um you know what does that look like and then how much more are people just gonna it's almost like do you give up and you just accept it at some point and be like you know we're never going back to the good old days but you know that could be a real economic reality for a large majority of the of the country yeah it could be and that's that's i think the thing that a can be scary but b also has to be discussed so people are cognizant of it and how it could impact not only their investments but also what they do for a living and how that affects in you know the interconnecting of everything like you're talking about the the airlines the restaurants movie theaters uh cruise ships uh, going grocery shopping and there's just so many different aspects of this that kind of have to be thought through i think it's a it makes another sales pitch for the the 8k too where these the people who generally should know these companies the best are the management who are running them and so a lot of times they will be able to tell you and they should if they're good managers they will tell you hey this is kind of what we're seeing uh, of the effects of this and how it's it's been affecting our business so far and um they're usually able to lay it out and you could you should be able to get a good, a good vibe on on whether a company is doing is performing well or not um, in this environment. I think I know. You know, we can talk about the obvious um, fallouts from coronavirus. I think some things that also need to be considered that could be problematic or also uh, provide opportunity. There is a chance that. You know, people are talking about it now. How supply chains have been so disrupted that you know, in the future, companies need to learn from this, and they really need to either diversify supply chain or bring it home, right? And so, with that and kind of the other tensions that have been going on, look at oil and and the 
the literal kind of price wars that are being fought around it right now, and you look at just the, the, the general ideas behind it, I wouldn't be surprised to see less global trade. You know, it seems like uh, if, if one thing is kind of falling out from this, um, countries seem to be kind of, you know, people are hunkering down in, in their in their homes and, and, you know, there's a possibility countries do that too. I saw a story on Bloomberg. They were talking about how migrant workers um, couldn't get to European fields and it was causing like a bunch of different grains to to go to waste because these migrant workers couldn't get over to to tend to the fields. So you know you could see that, and I think it's something to think about too. So when you think about an economy, and you think about you know taking some common sense kind of you know how has the demand side changed, and then from there you know what are there going to be changes? based off of what's going on internationally too and understand how everything moves together and you also have uh, the different things that are happening in different countries and, and the trade that's going on and you know whether you have tariffs, whether you have free trade, whether you have deficits or surpluses, uh, these are all factors and nobody can predict them. You know, I think a lot of people want to talk like they can or uh, want to feel better and act like they can. We don't know what's going to happen, but um, these are factors to keep in mind. And so really studying your companies at a time like this and, and the companies you're going to buy. I think you know people talk about how they have all this time in the world now that they're quarantined. Uh, what better time to really go through and do a honest gut check on every company you own and understand where they were before this situation, understand where they sit now with with how things have changed and how they could look moving forward, whether we have a recovery that's an instant snapback or we have one that takes a very long time. Uh, those are all factors too. And you know, I'm excited for the next part of, of our econ series here, Dave, because um, we're going to get into that a little bit when you talk about the interconnection between countries and trade uh, currency becomes a huge thing too. Uh, we'll, we'll save that for, for next week when we talk about inflation and deflation, but you know, these are the things that I think just getting like a elementary understanding of it can help you not freak out when you hear things like, um, you know, Russia and Saudi Arabia are having tension over, over uh oil prices you know uh for the longest time they couldn't make a deal they made a deal but now you know oil has continued to crash we're, we're going to hear more stories around oil and you know if you understand some of the basics behind commodities you know why did oil go negative uh, a lot of people don't understand even how commodity futures work and so something like that's completely foreign and scary right why you know, what, what is the Fed doing? And all I hear are trillions of dollars. And does that mean that, you know, inflation is going to go into hyperinflation? Like I've heard horror stories of Nazi Germany back in, in the 20s and 30s. You know, if you don't have context on inflation and deflation and, and the interrelationships between the global big 
uh, powers in in the world, you might get kind of worried about that. And so, you know, if 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 economic change is anything, it is the absolute last time to be, I think, timid or to turn your back to the markets completely. This is the time that really is going to test your mettle. And so if you need that shot of confidence, then I think more knowledge is better and understanding these basics, kind of like what we talk about when you go back to the basics, right? We have, if you're interested in the stock market basics, we have a back to the basics series you can listen to in the archives. If you don't know a thing about personal finances and IRAs and and uh, 401ks, then you can go to our personal finance basics series we did. I think we did like five episodes of that too. So all these basics are super, super key. And I think this last one that, that we're going to do next is not touched on at all unless unless you take a class at a college and then they bore you to tears with stories about guys who were alive 300, 400 years ago, <laughs> you know, when the economic conditions have changed so much now. So I don't know, Dave, I'm excited for this little mini series we're doing. Hopefully we can shed some insight and hopefully you guys can learn something from it. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion for this evening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about uh, the basics of economics. And we'll touch on some inflation, deflation, and some of those fun things next week. And we've got some other ideas for some other great things. So you guys go out there and enjoy your week. Have a great week. Invest with a margin of safety. Emphasis on the safety. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.